Hi, I'm Margie and this is Desert Island Dishes. I hope you're all well and feeling lovely and festive. My house officially looks like Father Christmas's grotto. I seem to have gone mad on the fairy lights, but then can you ever have too many? I feel so lucky to be meeting so many amazing and inspirational people through doing this podcast, and I'm so pleased you seem to be enjoying listening. If you are, please do rate and review and subscribe. This week's guest, Nadine, was so lovely and down to earth. Her and her husband are a culinary dream team, and I absolutely loved getting to meet her and talking about all things edible and just being really nosy and getting all the goss on what to cook for the world's best chef on a first date. Hope you enjoy. My castaway this week is Nadine Levy Redzeppi. Nadine has just published her first cookbook called Downtime, Deliciousness at Home. Nadine knows a thing or two about amazing food as she is married to Renee Redzepi, co-founder and chef at Noma, the world's best restaurant and who is commonly referred to as the king of food. Nadine has been inspired by a lifelong love of food and has created a very personal collection of recipes to inspire the everyday This is a book for everyone, and through Nadine's friendly way of writing, she ensures that even the most timid cooks will be able to create sensational dishes without getting stressed. She lived in Portugal, France, and England as a child before moving to Denmark with her mother. She now lives with Rene and their three daughters in Copenhagen. Welcome, Nadine. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. You too. (laughs) So I love the story of how this cookbook came about, starting life as a little black book, basically through your desire to pass recipes down through the family. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, so when I was pregnant with our oldest daughter, who's nine now, I was, I think, as you do when you're about to have your first child, thinking about my own childhood what type of mother I wanted to be, what would be important to give her when she was born. And then I was thinking, okay, Renee works a lot, always will. We're still going to sit down and have dinner at the table, the two of us. It's never going to be this sit in the couch while you're watching TV. We're going (laughs) to do this properly. And then I've always been very fascinated with the idea of having these family recipes passed down. I kind of always wanted that when I was growing up. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to start this now. So I just, I started writing down my favorite recipes with like my little tricks for her. And yeah. Renee would say for fun in the beginning, oh, one day it's going to be a real book. And and did you ever take that seriously? I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're, you, you can do all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it got it turned into a more serious thought when several publishers were asking, Renee, would you do like the Noma Home Cook book where Renee was like, no, <laughs> that's because not me. He's like, I don't, I don't cook at home. It would yeah. be like totally unrealistic and it would be a lie. So I can't do it. He's like, Nadine, you should do it. Yeah. You he's like, I know someone who could do that. Yes, you should do this. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that's such a lovely way for it to come about though, because it means when you started writing it, it sort of, it was really personal. And I think that's yes. like the best start for something like that, isn't it? <laughs> so I've heard you say before that your love of food started early on in your life and having spent your childhood in so many different countries, I'm really excited to hear about your first desert island dish of the day. It's the dish that most reminds you of your childhood. So I was born in Portugal where I spent like every day with my mom tending to the animals and with the, like we were harvesting beans, trading produce with the neighbors, which is how you would do it. One of our neighbors had the best tomatoes. 
pizza and she would get almonds or olives from us. And my mom learned how to make this dish. It was pasta with fried chicken livers with chili and tomatoes. It's still one of my favorite dishes today, but that's definitely like immediately transformed and brings you back. Yeah, that sounds delicious. (laughs) Um, So much of your childhood did sound really idyllic. It just sounded lovely. There are a lot of good things. Most of them are connected to to food and to music since my parents were street musicians. But there were also like some things that weren't so pleasant. But I think when when you have that, you like really latch on to the good things. Definitely. So you started cooking at a remarkably young age and you were cooking really quite impressive things. I know your parents were musicians, but were they also really interested in food? They like to eat. Yeah. (laughs) And I also think that's why it's so important for me to sit down and have like a good meal every day. If they had a good day busking, making money, that meant that we could spend more money on food. That was like the luxury, you know, it's like, oh, we'll go to this restaurant today instead. And then, you know, you and your brother can have an ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice though. Cause I mean, those are the things that really matter, aren't they? Yeah. Like it's sort of the right priorities. Is it true that Ready Steady Cook and Ainsley Harriet played an important role in your cooking education? Definitely. <laughs> I was I was sick at home, I had strep throat or sore throat, and I was flipping through TV while there was uh, the only thing that was on daytime TV was Days of Our Lives. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. But you know there was nothing there, and once you've been in it for five minutes, it's like oh okay. I'm I didn't fine. realize that was a real program. I've only heard of really? that through um, friends <laughs> like Joey Tribbiani on Friends. Uh, no, it, it's it's very it's real. real. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there was a commercial break, and I was flipping through the channels. And back then we had like a couple of the English channels and one of the BBC channels, and there was Ready, Steady, Cook. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, they were doing three dishes in like 20 minutes. That's unbelievable. And, you know, Ainsley was just so smiley and so happy. I mean, it was great. Yeah. And always in colorful clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Sally Salt, Percy Pepper. <laughs> but the whole idea with this having a normal person go to the supermarket who doesn't know what to cook at home and just buy a couple of ingredients. Yeah. And then there's this chef there that, makes three things in 20 minutes. It's yeah, it's like amazing. This is brilliant. Yeah. And it's the best kind of cooking, isn't it? It's kind of like when you look in the fridge and there's not much there, it's kind of a fun challenge to yeah. see what you can pull exactly. out of that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be fancy. No. So what was the first dish that you learned to cook? It's the second desert island dish. Well, I started making porridge. That it, was the first thing. That's a good place to start. Which, uh, yeah, I would like have my knees on a chair in front of the stove, stirring the pot. And I think I learned a lot from that process of figuring out how to make the perfect porridge for me. Yeah. Just by observing it and noting like, oh, I cooked it like five minutes too long this time. I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, and eventually I just found out, okay, I just need to bring it up to a boil really quickly, take it off the heat and let it sit for 10 minutes and then it's perfect. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I've never done it like that. I'm definitely going to be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> you also learned to cook at roast chicken at really young age yes. and a vinaigrette, which yes. is really impressive. <laughs> so you obviously just loved it right from the very start. Yes, I always loved it. Like the smells, the flavors, 
again, like making the vinaigrette, how these like watery, like oil and the balsamic vinegar. And of course you have the mustard with a thicker texture, but how combining these things, how they emulsify and come into this thick, delicious. It's kind of, it's magical. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So when your brother was out there playing with his friends, you were sort of beavering away in the kitchen, yeah, which I was, just love. That was the best part. Like I would sit on a chair and like watch my mother too when she would cook. So that combined with all the cooking shows, I think. And then when I was alone, it's like, oh, I'm going to do this. There's no one here to stop me. <laughs> That's so nice. So I heard that on your first date, Renee made you something that you describe as seal the deal pasta. And I'm dying <laughs> to know what was in it. So Renee and I started going out in September. And the first time Renee cooked for me was in December. He still works a lot, but back then it was all the time. Because that was right at the start. It was at the start. He was doing all the paperwork. He was doing people's salary. He was doing the work. I mean, it was all the time. So even when the restaurant was closed, he was still there doing all like the things that he hated doing, which had nothing to do with the actual cooking. Yeah. So Noma closed down for a Christmas vacation for like five days. There were some things left over. So there was, there were three dishes that night, but the first one was this pasta, which uh, he had, he skinned tomatoes, decored them. So it was, I mean, it took, that took a while. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he did this in front of you. Well, I wasn't allowed in the kitchen. I was just sitting. He was like, no, no, you just sit and like drink champagne. (laughs) That that." sounds good. (laughs) So it was a beurre blanc sauce, so okay. reduced wine and lots of butter. Yeah, always delicious. good. <laughs> so just before it was done, he put the cut up tomatoes into the beurre blanc sauce and then just basil. And it was, and when he put it in front of me, my thought was kind of that, that's it. You're the like, best chef in the world. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought he was at that time, but no one else did. Not yet. But it was, it was so simple looking. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's it. And then I tasted it and it was one of those moments where everything goes completely quiet. Oh my goodness. It was so good. Yeah. I feel like I can almost taste it. It's so like this perfect balance in this sauce is amazing. Sweetness of the tomatoes and the basil. But having this sauce on this seemingly different, this seemingly simple dish, it's amazing. It was so soft and luxurious. Did you know at that moment you were going to marry him? (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I actually, I, I didn't, I, maybe not marry him, but I definitely, from the first day with Renee, we met after the staff party, okay. actually. And um, I slept at his place, but that's all that happened. Yep. <laughs> this has not happened. Yep. <laughs> so, but he got up early to go to work and I was working the evening shift that day. So I didn't have to start till four. So I slept in. And when I got up, there was a tiny vase with a leaf of a geranium plant and a note with his number on it and where it said, rip this leaf apart and smell it. So when I was like, oh, okay. There's, <laughs> wow. This, this, this could really be something. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds great. He's, am- he's amazing. So you were just 19 and you were cooking for your new boyfriend who was also your new boss. What on earth did you cook him? <laughs> Well, so I was nervous the first time I was going yeah. to cook for him. So did you, you cooked for him actually before he cooked yes. for you? Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's the better way around to do it. I think it. so. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that was very good. <laughs> now, I, I thought about what I would cook and I decided, okay, I'm not going to try to impress him by trying to do something restaurant-y. So I actually decided to 
cook a dish that I was very confident in cooking, something from my childhood. So I cooked the chicken livers <gasps> for him. But while I was shopping, I went over to the tin tomatoes or the canned tomatoes, which I usually use. And I was like, I cannot bring this into his house. Like, what, what will he think of me if I do that? That's, that's probably a bad thing, right? It's probably frowned upon. <laughs> <Like> sacrilege. <laughs> oh my God. So I went over, I found these nice tomatoes. It's like, okay, this is good. I'll just chop those up. So I was there. I'd roasted off the, the livers, the spices, chopped up the tomatoes. I put them in there. And like the second that I put the tomatoes in there, I was like, I should not have done that. Oh no. I should have cooked it down to sauce. I should have. God damn it. <laughs> so it, it got completely watered out because obviously I should have made a sauce out of the tomatoes first. But you were nervous. That's understandable. Well, I didn't think yeah. properly. This whole like, oh my God, I can't bring yeah. 10 tomatoes into the house. <laughs> so I kind of panicked in the kitchen a little bit. Like I opened his, all his spice cabinets and there was like nothing there because he's not usually home. So yeah. Just tried to throw everything in there that I possibly could. <laughs> and then I had to start by serving him the dish the way that I didn't want to by saying, you know, this is usually better. Yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? It's so annoying. Because it always sounds like an excuse. Exactly. But like, and I was like, it's real. I don't want to yeah. do that. <laughs> but I bet he loved it. He did. He, did. he thought it was very sweet. Oh, that's such a nice story. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to the third desert island dish of the day. What is the best dish you've ever eaten? Oh, there, there are a lot. But I guess I'll stick to something from my childhood. It's going to be like spare ribs. Yes. Probably just oil and salt in the oven. So simple, but so delicious. And I'm obsessed with roasted meats. The way they fill the house with, I mean, it makes you hungry. Yeah, it really does. And kind it's of making so me hungry warm. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Rene will be upset that you didn't pick one of his dishes for that question? Well, I mean... It would be impossible to choose between my favorite. That Nama is true. Good, too. good um, comeback, then. But, uh, yes. <laughs> but I think going for something from my childhood, which is where you know the whole interest for food actually came, makes sense. I think that's a very good answer. <laughs> so obviously, you are an integral part of the Noma team. Was that the first restaurant that you'd worked in? Yes, yes, it was. And had you always thought that obviously you grew up loving food, but did you think that you would go into working in food? No, not at all, actually. In in Denmark, or at least back then, there's been lots of school reform since I went to uh, public school. But back then, you would have something called career week. And I thought I wanted to be a chef at one point with my obsession for all these food programs. So I got to go into a kitchen. And I found out there that I didn't actually want to cook for others. I w everything I cooked, I wanted to like sit down and eat it myself. Yeah, it's such a different thing, isn't it? Cooking food that you're not going to sit down and eat yeah. is very different. I mean, it was fun. It was amazing. But I wanted to sit down and enjoy it. And I even thought about maybe I should do this like chef's training when I get older so that I just become really good at it for me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can eat all yes, the food. Exactly. <laughs> you sound like my kind of woman. And um, what kind of restaurant is it to work in? Because it seems very calm and almost scientific, like a science lab. I don't get the impression there's loads of shouting. No, I mean, it's, I think when you have a restaurant like this, where you have people that save up and they travel, they come just to eat. 
And whether people have traveled from the other side of the world to come and eat, or it's uh, the Danish, you know, students that have been saving for a really long time to come, you want to make sure that they think it's worth it and that they're happy and that, you know, hopefully you exceed their expectations. So that, that puts a lot of pressure on you. And, you know, it's really important for Renee that it lives up to the expectations. So there's pressure. There's definitely a pressure. Of course. I think maybe there has been a little more shouting than yeah. there is now, but it's something that everyone at the restaurant has been working at for a very long time to get rid of that and to have like a really good, nice tone in kitchen. Working at Noma now is, it's very much kind of like a family. I mean, yeah. it sounds like, uh, yeah, yeah, they all say that. <laughs> but it actually but is. It really is. And everyone like from the office to the chefs, to the front of the house, everyone is very close. Also, I think having done all these pop-ups and like going to different countries together, yeah. you become very close. And I think, again, like Renee's approach to everything, he spends so much time there. It's important that it's a nice atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there can't be many restaurants that have their own fermentation bunker. No. <laughs> I love the sound of that. That's amazing. Is yeah. it like an underground? No, it's actually, it's uh, like shipping containers, but we oh. have five or six of them. That's so cool. But when we move, we're moving to a new space that's yeah. opening in the in February, yeah. there will be like... A fermentation building. That is so cool. It's pretty amazing. Oh, how amazing. So Noma has two Michelin stars, which yes. is just incredible. And so I'm always interested for the next question, but perhaps more than ever, I want to know what your favorite sandwich is, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to say rye bread. We eat a lot of rye bread yep. in Denmark, but I would just have one piece. Nice cream cheese. Four or five slices of mortadella, like a Ooh, lot of it. Yes. <laughs> and some thick slices of really nice tomato, just with a little olive oil and salt. Oh, that sounds really it's good. Delicious. Is when, that something that you have a lot? Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, with my last two pregnancies, the first period of time, I've been so nauseous and just turned off by all food, like smells, like made me feel sick. Oh, like, no. Just don't want to eat anything. Yeah found out if I forced myself to eat, I actually felt better. This sandwich was the only thing I would eat. It's like, oh, this is good. This doesn't make me feel sick. <laughs> no, mortadella can never make you feel no, sick. I don't. Amazing. That's the rule. <laughs> so the book is genuinely beautiful. It really is. And the recipes look gorgeous. Can we just talk about the quotes that you have in your book? You've got quotes yes. from Jamie Oliver, Nigel <laughs> Slater, Nigella Lawson, all singing your praises. That must be a wonderful feeling. Oh my God, it's incredible. I've been looking through Nigel's books for the, like the last couple of years and I think they're amazing. They're so warm. They're very accessible. And I just had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of months ago and he was just so, so nice. Was he? Just, yeah. Oh. Such a sweet person. Someone that you want to like sit down and have dinner with. That, so nice. That's always so nice to yeah. hear because you always worry when you meet someone like that. Yeah. Like, are they going to be like a diva? No. Or? So nice. <laughs> Not that Nigel looks like a diva, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, Jamie and Nigella, I've watched their shows from as far back as I can remember. And I think they're both so amazing, so inspiring. And they seem like such cool people. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous when I was like, so uh, if uh, if I send you this uh, script for my book, would you like think about giving me a quote? 
And they both got back to me so fast and they were so nice. Oh, that is so amazing. I mean, it's a credit to you. It's not like they've done you a favor. They obviously, I mean, the book is just beautiful. (laughs) And I love how the book shows how to make really delicious things, but it's written in a really genuinely reassuring way that I think really will encourage people to get in the kitchen. Was that really important to you that it was a book that everyone could use? It was. It was very important to me. Um, I think also because I started writing it down for thinking about my daughters. Yeah. It was something I would pass on to them. But the real idea, the format of how I wanted to write the recipes came out when my cousin, who is a couple of years younger than me, she hasn't cooked very much. Okay. And she's not very good at it. She'd be the first person yeah. to say that herself, but she loves eating. She, she really enjoys it. Well, that's a dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> so she was going to cook for her boyfriend and his parents for the first time. She was obviously nervous. Yeah. So she, she called me up and she was like, you know, that dish and that dish and that dish, I want to cook that. But can you explain that to me? Before I started writing down the recipes for her, I was thinking about how I was envisioning her in the kitchen alone, probably a little stressed and imagining like along the way when she was cooking, what could go wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So trying to put that in there, like if this happens, don't worry, just do this. If you get to this point, you've ruined it. Yeah. You need to start over. (laughs) (laughs) But also if you get to this point and it looks like this, it will look weird, but you're on the right track. Exactly. Like that's all really reassuring. All all these like, and trying to be descriptive of like the color that you're going for, giving these pictures, like that, that stuff that works in my head. And if I have an explanation, an explanation for why I want this to happen, then if I understand it, I'm going to remember it. So all the recipes I actually wrote down thinking about her in the kitchen. That's such, yeah, that's such a great concept. And it does, it does really come across. And I love all of your tips, like really great one for poaching eggs. I haven't come across that before, but that's, yeah, like a really easy way. Well, I wish that I could claim that one, but uh, it's a, it's a amazing chef in San Sebastian. Okay. He came up with that. We'd have to talk about him, Nadine. This is your moment. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the fifth desert island dish of the day, what is the dish that you eat the most often? It's probably a roast chicken oh. because we, we do have that once a week. Do you have it on Sundays? Is that a tradition um, or is that maybe that's an, an, a British thing? No, it's not. It's not like we have to have like a Sunday roast or anything. Yeah, probably like Sunday or Monday when Renee is off. Usually he's yeah. been off a lot during the evening lately. But um, when we have roast chicken, again, you have this roasted meats smell that fills the entire house. I always like to put potatoes that I've cut in half in the tray with the chicken. They absorb all the chicken fat, get super crispy. And like sometimes when you bite into them, the fat actually like splatters out. It's amazing. It's like, oh, that is always a great moment. (laughs) You don't want to be sitting opposite someone doing that. (laughs) So doing that, we all get like super hungry. It's exciting. You can sit down, you're going to have this. You just need to make a salad and then you have full dinner just in one tray, which is amazing. Yeah. Minimal washing up. (laughs) And also you just put it in the oven and then you have all this free time, which It's again, yeah, probably why I love roasted meat so much. (laughs) And then the day after, or when we clear the table, we always make stock on the chicken carcass immediately. 
So that means we get to have steamed rice and broth for breakfast, which is the best. I was going to ask you that because I am inherently nosy. So I always like to know what people are having for their breakfast. And it occurred (laughs) to me, I don't know, what is the traditional Nordic breakfast? Oh, well, it's probably porridge Okay, something, but... But having rice with broth, that would be something that you'd have... But no, no. That, I mean, that's definitely something we started doing after we did the the pop-up in okay. Japan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where they yes. do do that a lot. Yeah. I've it's always, not a Nordic thing. It's just a you thing. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> people, when people have it though, they're always like, this is amazing. I think I love broth. Yeah. I could drink it all day. I wish there would be like broth and coffee shops all over the place. Oh yeah. That should be a thing. There's a guy in New York, actually, that does it. When oh, really? I saw that, I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you're right, though. The Japanese do do really good breakfast, don't they? It's amazing. Mm. I like the idea. Also, because we we work out in the morning in our yard with like four to eight other people from the restaurant. And that's then fun. When we're, yeah, it's amazing. Then when we're done working out, we all go to our place and have breakfast. I want to work at Noma. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it, it's pretty amazing. So do you do most or all of the cooking at home? Yes. Okay. Um, and you regularly cook for some of the world's most acclaimed chefs and food writers, which just reading about who you've cooked for was terrifying. Do you ever get nervous or are you just kind of used to it now? Well, I think the thing is, with most of these chefs, they are also our friends. Yes. And we've known most of them from when they started. So, I mean, it's exciting to cook for them, but I wouldn't say that I get nervous. Like they're not going to come to your house and be like, oh, this is not up to my no, standards. No, like, well, obviously I, they're just your friends. I don't think <laughs> any chefs are really like that. You know, I think they're they're very happy to go to someone's home and have a home-cooked meal, which is very far away from the type of food that they spend all day cooking for others. So I think, I think they all have very big appreciation for others cooking for them. Does Rene get asked out to other people's houses very often? I mean, you'd have to be feeling quite brave <laughs> to cook for the both of you. Yeah, I guess. But no, I mean, a lot of people know us quite well. So it's, yeah, that's totally fine. But having three kids, we actually have a tendency to want people to come to our house yeah. instead. Yep. You're the hosts. Yes. Yeah. So that actually seems like a very appropriate time. It's like I planned this interview <laughs> um, to ask you about your sixth Desert Island dish of the day. And that is, what is your go-to dinner party dish? Most of the time, anything I can put in the oven. So yeah. <laughs> if it's ribs, porchetta, or Danish, like roasted pork belly, that's actually very similar to a porchetta, but even easier. Chicken is always good. Everyone loves it. Yeah. So anything I can put in the oven and then while that's taking care of itself, I can make something that we can start with. Yes. And so what might you make to start with? Anything with some delicious dip and something crispy, whether it's like homemade potato chips or if it's like the best vegetables right now, it could be just boiled artichokes where you just peel them off one at a time, dip it in sauce. Yes, that sounds really good. And what about for pudding? Well, I love cake. Yes. I'm obsessed with cake. Uh, I've got my if eye I on, make it myself. Yeah, I've got my eye on that um, Danish dream cake from yeah, the book. It's yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, also, I love making ice cream. Yep. Any particular flavors? I like just vanilla. So many like, you know, it has to be 
from a vanilla pot. Like I would never use the stuff in a tin or a glass. Even the extract? No. Okay. It has flavor. There's yeah, a it flavor does. in that. I, I, I don't like that. It's, it's annoying. I can always taste it. Yeah, no, that's true. There's always a back a background yes. to it. Yep. I mean, it's a step up from essence, which I hope definitely no one uses. <laughs> so the book has a lovely section on sort of what to keep in the pantry and kitchen essentials. But I wondered what are your kitchen cupboard essentials, like your desert island ingredients that you always like to have with you? Well, we always have a kilo of butter. Yeah, <laughs> just for a day. Well, I, I I like to use it whether I'm boiling vegetables, if I'm going to fry something, always end off by basting it. If I want to bake a cake, it's just very practical. Yeah. And Danish butter is incredible, and it's not something that turns off after a week. So yeah, I know I'll always get to use. It's reassuring it. to have it sitting there. Yes, makes me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no good oils, grains. Pasta is always good to have and whatever is good seasonal vegetables, fruits, mortadella. Yes, obviously. <laughs> always on standby. Always. And rye bread, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah rye bread's the best, isn't it? It's amazing. So good. Right. We're on to the final Desert Island dish of the day. And that is the last dish you would choose to eat before being cast off to the Desert Island. Oh, my God. You're allowed several courses if that helps. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. yeah. I would think I would, I would, I would probably want to go to Noma. Yeah. Before. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, as would like most of the yeah. world. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great choice. <laughs> is there anything in particular? I mean, I know the menu's obviously always changing, but is there anything that sort of really sticks out to you as the best thing you've eaten there? Oh, that's, that's a hard. It's yeah. it's one of these. You name a dish, and then immediately you think about ten others. Yeah. But they do this thing where they kind of make fudge out of scallops. So that and kelp oil, I feel like anything. Sorry, those scallop two, fudge. Yeah, it's, I mean, in it's so rich and so delicious. And they've done it in lots of different ways where it's completely different dishes. But just always delicious. Oh my God. So oh my good. God, that sounds <laughs> so how, how How do they even come up with these things? That's amazing. They dry them first, which okay. takes a long time. Okay. So it has to be done like slowly the right way. And then I guess we put it in a thermomix. Yep. <laughs> but no, it, that's it's amazing. Incredible. It's a lot of work. It's a long process doing it, but so good. And what would you be having for pudding? Probably brownies or the pound cake, some version of the pound cake or the, yes. do, the do it all cake. Yes. Oh yeah. So many good looking cakes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that sounds like a very, very delicious final meal. <laughs> I'm very envious. <laughs> and you're allowed to take one luxury item to the island. What would you like to take? I'm going to say an espresso machine. Oh yes. And a never ending supply of... Yeah, of yeah. course. And like with... You know, maybe some new Elon Musk solar panel. Yeah, or something. of course. Don't worry. I've got. I've. I've got my eyes on the prize. Everything's okay. sorted on that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a great luxury item. Thank you so much for letting us hear your desert island Thank dishes. You. <laughs> I mean, how lovely is Nadine? So many delicious things in there. I've since had her favorite sandwich many times already, and it's so good. So simple, but so good. I'm also a really big fan of roasts and she's so right because they're delicious 
everyone loves them, but they're actually very little faff, which is a win-win. Don't forget to head over to the website, www.desertislanddishes.co, for the recipe I've created, which is inspired by Nadine's Desert Island Dishes. I'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, have a great week.